Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode two of The Sportive, light on talent, heavy on grit. I'm your host, Brandon, joined here at the Sportive headquarters by John. Hi, John. How's it going? And dialed into the Sportive hotline is Stu. Hi, Stu. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Oh, we're okay. Um, <laughs> Clarence is not here. Uh, he and I had it out on Twitter today over the NHL and some of my proposed rule changes, and he uh, quickly sent in his resignation from the podcast. So Clarence is... <laughs> We're going to talk to his agent. We're hoping to get him back. Rest in peace, week. Clarence. No, I think he's parenting, probably. He's our, got six kids, so... Our guy Mike Rand couldn't make it again this week because he's at the Westminster Dog Show protesting about the lack of pugs. Yeah, there he's you go. He's got a shirt. He's got a sweat. It's very weird. He's got a, the picture of his pugs silks down himself. Yeah, exactly. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's too bad. Maybe we'll get him in. Uh, we'll get him in one of these days. Uh, we also don't have another sponsor again this week. I think that's more fallout from the Gil Mesh business. But um, there is plenty of space available um, if you're looking to reach upwards of a dozen rubes. And my mother, um, remember the current price for a sponsor message is one dollar. So get at us. We're at like 40 followers on Twitter, though, aren't we? That's amazing. 40. We are. Cool. And if you follow us, we'll follow you back. That's how we do. So if you want a free follower, follow Sportive Podcast. That's at Sportive Podcast. <laughs> nice. All right. On the agenda today, um, I've got another crazy fix-it idea that I want to run by you guys. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um, we're going to talk wolves, go for hockey, uh, go for hoops. and uh, But I think we want to start it off with um, the Percy Harvin news. Do we even call this news? The we Percy call Harvin it, non-news. We call it quasi-news and we, sort of rumor. We call it something to talk about when nothing else is going on in sports. This is one of those things that I, it may just be one person starting a rumor and then it gets picked up by everybody because this is NFL coverage. Classic. If there's no news, then you have to manufacture news. But the news is that Percy Harvin is apparently demanding a trade or the Vikings are thinking about trading him or have him on the trading block or something along those lines. And the upshot seems to be that either they're going to have to sign him for to a very long-term contract or they're going to have to trade him. Okay. So the question becomes, should they be thinking long-term contracts? Should they be trying to take him back into the fold? Because re- he was reasonably well known as a malcontent yep. last year. Yep. In fact, there were a lot of rumors about him. Part of the reason he didn't come back after getting injured was because he was causing such a distraction in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's all the Vikings have on the receiving core. And he, there was talk before Adrian Peterson started breaking out that maybe Percy was going to be the MVP, that he was maybe the most valuable player before he got hurt. So right. you have to ask yourself. He was the most valuable player on the Vikings before he got hurt because Peterson hadn't really gotten on his role yet. And Harvin was just being silly as far as his performance goes. So the question becomes, uh, the Vikings have a little bit of cap space, I think. I'm not too up on their cap numbers, but they also, they also I think, have to re-sign Phil Lodehold, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. But... Lodehold. So knowing that, <laughs> knowing that Harvin's a malcontent, knowing that he might still be the Vikings' second-best player, what do you do? Stu? You're not going to get value for him, so I would just keep him. I would sign him and keep him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even... This I mean, unless is, is there like a first round draft pick you're going to get for him? Then yeah, make the deal. But they're not going to get a first round draft pick for him. Make the deal. What do you think Just the ceiling is for what they get for him? 
the ceiling's, um, well, let's see, he was hurt the last half year. Uh, he's got the weed issue in his, <laughs> you know, he's got the migraines. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get, you'll maybe get, you know, 60 cents on the dollar for him. So, Which is about fair because you get about 60% of the season out of him every year that he plays. Uh, well, this was the first, wasn't this the first year that he was gone for an extended period of time? Yeah, I think so. That's well, probably true. If you look it up, it'll probably be true yeah, that he played. Got, that's we don't look things up here. On him, I think. Yeah, but I mean, and of course, next year if he's out for twelve games, then yeah, it becomes a real issue. But I, w- I would keep him. I don't see why, why a first round pick is out of the question. I mean, if I'm a fan of the St. Louis Rams or you know some well, team with a mid first round, so. <laughs> that's a specious example. <laughs> um. I would I would love if the Ram, if I was a Rams fan and I traded that first round pick for Percy Harvin, that'd be unbelievable to me. Unless you're talking a top five pick, I mean Percy Harvin's young enough where you know it's not like he's old. He should he should for sure be worth a first round pick. I mean I know trades are always sort of strange in the NFL where you don't you don't get anything yeah, for anybody. It's, but it's hard to gauge. Well, how much did Brandon Marshall go for last year? Oh God, I'm not going to look. That, that would up. require actual research related to Brandon Marshall. Pick. I want to say a third-round pick, which can easily be fact-checked later. But, uh, I mean, if Brandon Marshall gets a third-round pick, I mean, Percy Harvin's probably going to get a third-round pick. Yeah, I guess. I don't think you'd do it for a first-round pick even, though. I mean, I just don't understand the whole idea of, like... Well, like, then you just... You get get two first-rounders, use one of them on a wide receiver, use the other one on a cornerback or... defensive lineman or something. I'm with Stu on that one. I would trade him for a first-round pick. Really? Just because he's a jerk? He clearly doesn't want to be around. I mean, and I say... Because that's a hell of a return. (laughs) That's true. first-round pick is gold. Yeah, okay. And if it's the Rams, I mean, my God, that's a good pick. All right, so I guess we're saying, though, if you get value, you trade anybody, which I'm totally fine with that, right? But you don't just trade Percy because he's a malcontent or because he doesn't want to be here, right? I mean, we're not in the locker room. I don't give a shit. I don't have to play with them. That's I just want to watch him on. And I just, it's weird that we, like, as fans, these moral stands once in a while against players like that. Like, for one thing, all we're doing is getting one side of the story, right? Um, mm-hmm. And another thing, I don't give a shit if he yells at Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier is not my dad, you know? I don't need to, <laughs> but like, I defend wish him. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Dad. I don't, I don't, <laughs> dad, I didn't mean it. Oh, my God. Well, now we only have 39 followers yep. on. <laughs> my dad's done. Um,. But it's just weird to me how, like, these moralists come out. Like, I don't – why do we care if what he's like in the locker room or how hard he practices? If he's awesome on Sunday, that's really all that we need to care about, right? Well, I agree or, with you, but I, I don't know what the impact on the locker room is of somebody like that. I don't know how much trouble, say, Randy Moss caused back when he was at his I play when I want to play Apex. I don't know how much trouble that is when you're playing alongside him. Moss is the reason that Percy's an issue right now, apparently, because he learned from Moss bitching out the guy from Tanucci's in the locker room, and that <laughs> turned Percy into a bad seat or something like that. So, or at least that's the generalization I've heard before. So, have either of you guys been to Tanucci's? No, no I've not. It'd be nice to know whether it was delicious or whether Randy Moss is right about that. <laughs> you think we can, we, that might be our first sponsor? <laughs> I think we should probably do one on location. Yeah, exploring the truth of Randy Moss's diatribe against Tanuchi's. I'm just confused why we uh, care about nice guys on our team. Does it? Ma- I guess it makes it just more fun on Sunday. You feel a little bit better that you got guys you really want to root for. Like it doesn't. I don't care in terms of my attitude. How I feel about the players on the team. I would let David Eckstein take my daughter's flower because <laughs> he tries so hard. <laughs> it gets that uniform so dirty. Uh, He's pretty. He's gutty, but he loves Jesus and he loves dying. Just class act all around. Yeah, I'm I'm with Brandon on that. The the moralism just. And I also think it's really it's difficult to understand the impact he has in the locker room because the only people we ever hear that from is media members who aren't athletes, right? And they just sort of want this um, sort of flowery whatever. Uh, uh, kumbaya attitude in the locker room, and they think that means something, right? But the point, um, the or, point I'm trying to make is, I don't, I personally don't care what Percy Harvin is like in the locker room because it doesn't bother me, right? But is the team better without him being in the locker room? And that's the question I can't answer. Yeah, and to fair be fair, point. Percy has almost no leverage here. He was gone for seven games, of which the Vikings won five. They found a way to win. Yep, without him. Yeah, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can come in and say. 
the team would be nothing if it wasn't for me because you've got Cyborg Adrian Peterson. The Heat went crazy. Adrian Peterson had like the best eight, seven, eight game stretch of anybody in the history of the game. So that's why they went five and two. If he doesn't do that, I mean, then they would have felt his impact, you know, much more than they did. And they still did. I mean, they had no passing game. They don't. I mean, because Christian Ponder is terrible. So, well, yeah, that's another thing entirely, though. I just feel like so. you hold on to guys that are good. That's usually my. I my agree point with of you. View. But I think that you're better off when you have more good players. Yeah. At least that's I know that's, that's Belichick has used that in New England to some success is to get a lot more good players than the other team, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you will win more games than you lose. Oh shit, Belichick. Yeah, he wrote a book about it. Wow, that's interesting. I never really thought of sports or life in that way. No, and so, uh, speaking that's of why New he's England, a genius. <laughs> speaking of New England, our friend uh, Clarence, I believe on Twitter, proposed a actual I thought was a good Percy trade. Percy straight up for Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Sure. But the Vikings have 14 <laughs> tight ends already. <laughs> but then Gron- we get Gronk into Uptown then. <laughs> oh, God, the just, damage. Just think, about that. think of all the income they lost when Valencia left. Yeah. And you, do, you, plug, you plug Gronk in there? Think, I mean, it'll end in blood and fire. Yeah. But the important thing is you get that. <laughs> and then obviously, first he takes you know Welker's place in New England and gets like twenty five touchdowns next year. So I love it. I love it. Let's do Seriously, it. Seriously, if Percy Harvin in New England's offense with Tom Brady would be like the best fantasy football receiver of all time. Yeah, I know. Let's think about that. I mean, that's one hundred and forty receptions, a million yards, a zillion touchdowns, and those are real numbers, people. Brady's only got a few years left. It's going to be uh, fun to see his numbers stack up. You know, he's got four, what three, four years left. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who the hell? That's knows? what I said about Peyton Manning about ten years ago. So, yeah, it's true. So, let me ask you a question. Um, what percentage of wide receivers end up going insane? I would say a high percentage. Of a very wide high receivers. percentage, right? Um, so, yeah, exactly. It's the majority. Um, so, I think you need to cut Percy a little bit of slack. I mean, it's sort of like accusing a actress uh, of being hard to deal with when she gets into her forties. They just all are. They end up going crazy at some point because they're treated so weirdly, right? Well, So we're judging correct. Percy on the Freddie Mitchell scale here. Yeah. He hasn't coined an awful nickname for himself. Yeah. They've all gone insane, you know, at, at, some, at some point. And it makes sense to me because they're 100% reliant on somebody else to make them money, right? Yep. So imagine if this uh, podcast was our full-time job. And so your livelihood oh, depended, on, depended on this podcast. And yet this I is getting so depressing. And, <laughs> and yet somehow I have the ability to turn off your mics whenever I feel like it. I mean, you'd go insane almost immediately, right? This podcast is already starting to drive me insane. So there you go. All right, I'm going to do the rest of the podcast curled up on the floor underneath the table. Thanks <laughs> to that depressing thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be hard to go through life like that. I would need a little bit of weed, and I would probably want to hold out, and I probably wouldn't want to sit on the sidelines when I, you know, wasn't able to play either. So, so I'm on Team Percy. All right. So yeah. keeping Percy, that's what we're landing on here. I would love unless to keep, it, yeah, unless you get some unless crazy deal. The, unless it's a first-round pick, keep Percy. And, of course, as Minnesotans, we're all just waiting for Eric Decker to become a free agent so we can break the bank for that guy. One of us. Uh, he try, he's a good guy, good guy. He is. He's got kind eyes. <laughs> kind eyes and a square jaw. I would need more than just a general first-round pick. I would need, like, a top 15 or probably a top 12 pick to trade him. So if somebody offers you the 23rd pick for him? God, no. Percy's really really good. He's really good at football. He might have the 23rd pick. Oh, yeah. I might might go with the 23rd pick, too. Which, for Rick Spielman, would actually be a coup to trade a pick we already have for a pick we already have. Yeah, I mean, we got a good one. That might be his best move ever. He sucks, right? As I think we manager? believe he sucks, yeah. Okay, so that also plays into why you don't want to trade Percy, because who the hell knows who he's going to get for him, right? Yeah, he might get in, infected by the spirit of David Kahn and yeah. trade him for God knows who. Who's that crazy guy that showed up in fatigues and then just left after a day? Demetrius Underwood. Demetrius Underwood. Oh, man. Is he still alive? Do we know? Uh, it seems like it's probably about even odds. Yeah, yeah. Who the I hell did a down on him like three or four years ago, and I believe he was like, you know, some you know, he was in a, either a mental hospital or a minimum security prison in Texas somewhere. Okay, good. Because I wasn't that, sure if we should be. Had good, has not had a good run. Okay, well that's that's sad. Um, Sorry about. That. 
No, that's um, – should we transition? Do you want to transition? I think we can transition. All right. Um, okay, so in episode one, I uh, talked a lot about um, Gopher Hoops and defending um, the team, and I think I was one of the last few people on the bandwagon saying they're better than people think. Uh, everything's going to be fine. Everybody calm the hell down. Um, I'm now very embarrassed that I was that person. Um <laughs> I'm still, if I wasn't the only person left on the bandwagon, I would have to be at this point because um, tough loss to Illinois uh, and a very important one because it was very winnable. Um, Illinois shot the lights out from the three. I think they're at like 50% or some crazy thing, um, which is the only time, the only chance that they have of winning at all. Um, And, you know, I guess in some ways it was a 50-50 game um, that uh, we deserved after lucking out against Iowa and that um, Austin Holland's prayer that went in. So... We deserve to lose that one. Um, so, Stu, how are you feeling? Are you are you completely done with them? Is this a disaster? Well, no, because, I mean, they've had horrible, I mean, literally just, oh, there's the literally again. Oh, Sorry, God, here we go. Drink. <laughs> yes, uh, um, uh, Kona Blue Company Pipeline Porter, actually. Gotcha. Um, anyway, yeah, they've had terrible regular seasons and then made a run in the Big Ten tournament and snuck into the tournament the big the big tournament or so i mean i'm not completely done with them just because i mean they still got a reasonable shot to get a decent seat uh i, mean, I think lenardi has them at a, as a six seat right now still okay all right i would i would absolutely love that uh so you're yeah. watching are you still emotionally invested will your day be ruined oh, God, if they I'm, I'm completely turned off right now okay maybe make a run in the tournament maybe i'll get bought a halfway back in but until they like maybe win a second round game in the tournament, the NCAA tournament, not the Big Ten tournament, yeah, I'm just gonna have a hard time. Even you know, who cares right now? I mean, why put your heart out there if you're just so exactly. sure it's gonna be broken, right? Exactly. Well, it's just they don't seem to care. Why would we care? You have to save your heartbreak for when Kyle Gibson throws his first pitch of the season and blows his arm out. Right? Snap. <laughs> and it's gone. All right, so uh, Gopher Hoops are 17-7 and seven currently. They have seven league games left. Um, Wisconsin at home, which I think we can categorize as uh, file under winnable but tough, right? Yeah, they'll lose. Okay, um, they're at Iowa. I think we should also file that under winnable but tough. When are you? Flip, flip a coin. Okay, flip a coin. Uh, at I- Ohio State, that's a loss, right? Indiana at home, loss. Uh, Penn State at home. We'll mop the floor with those guys. They're terrible. Uh, at Nebraska, I think we got that one too. Yep. And then at Purdue, which another I think should be winnable, but but tough. You think it's a loss? Yeah, I think they'll lose. I think they'll go two and five, just so that gets them to what nineteen and twelve going into the tournament. Yeah, nineteen and twelve, and that's that's to me the real the the floor of of how bad it can get realistically. I mean, obviously they can go 0-7, but to me they've got two almost for sure wins, um, three who knows, and two for sure losses. So 19-12, and 12, and then they lose their first game, they're 19-13. and 13. What does that do for them? Are they out for sure? 0-7? Uh, it's just the Big Ten is so good as far as the RPI goes. I think they might just – they could easily back in. Easily, they might back in with a nineteen and thirteen. We end up being—I don't even know what you'd be in the conference at that point, but not good. Um, not very small, but, I but mean, they could back in at that. So you think? All right, all right. But you know, if you look at the so that's like worst case scenario, realistically. If you look at the other side, they could end up winning two of those three winnable games: Penn State, Nebraska. Maybe be twenty-one and ten going into the Big Ten tourney. Better seed, get a win there at 22 and 11. What are they going to be at that point? A four seed? Four or five seed. Again, yeah, it's, it's, the conference is good. So, I mean, that helps them. Yeah. They have enough good win. They have enough equity built in on their, you know, non conference wins and all that. You know, I mean, the Nationals, I mean, I think Ken Pomeroy, I believe he's a fairly well respected basketball mind he's got him like 13th or 14th still yeah he's got him at 13 i was uh doing more research for my betting this morning um <laughs> my illegal betting that no one should be doing and no one here does besides me um yes I'm... yeah exactly but yeah he's got him at 13 right now which is you know obviously that's like how 
they've been 13 throughout the season. That's not really forward thinking or whatever. But um, yeah, that's at least encouraging. But my question is, um, why do his why did these guys collapse every single season? Like, I don't really understand how that can possibly happen. Is how do you blame that on on Tubby? Are, is, are they supposed to like get drastically better throughout the year? It, like through his coaching or how the hell? I don't know. It happens every year, and he's the only common denominator. So you kind of have to, you know, draw your conclusions. Are, are other teams just adjusting against how they play and can easily uh, figure out how to beat them throughout the year? Because as you mentioned, they have gone on runs at the end of the season too. So what does he just get terrible halfway through the season? I don't know. I mean, what's what does Tom Izzo do that Tubby Smith doesn't do? I don't I know. Mean, that's. Or is, I mean, is that I just don't know. I, it's unanswerable, and it's probably a really you know, good reason that he's not maybe not going to be the coach next year. Is it ob- is it would it be obvious um, and simple for us to get Shaka Smart, whatever the hell his name is? It, people seem to think that that's just from a from VCU, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's the Norwood T connection is there. I mean, so. I mean, it seems that seems to be the name everyone mentions when they talk about perhaps Tubby being gone at the end of this year. They'll just get some booster to throw two million bucks to make him go away and bring in Shaka Smart. Is it possible? I, mean, I, I can't imagine it would be that easy, but that seems to be the scenario everyone seems to be banking on if this season continues to circle the drain the way it is. So there's like 350 Division One basketball programs. Um, so if we take the top. 75 programs um and let's say there's like 50 of those that are having not great 40 of those that are having not great season seasons aren't there like 40 other podcasts being recorded right now of other people saying hey we should get that shock of smart if next year we should you know i can't imagine we're the only ones who uh are thinking that i also can't imagine but we are the only ones who have this former athletic director who he has a very good relationship okay with so that's why it makes some there is some not pie in the sky sense that this might actually be a legitimate thing. So we're just thinking Occam's razor here with getting him. Just hoping because it seems to make sense. It makes sense and it might happen. Yes. Well, I would take it for sure. I just oh, yeah. um, I no problem if this was Tubby's last stand. I have no problem that uh, if that was the scenario that played out after this season, I'm fine with that. Yeah, just as fans, I think when you know somebody's ceiling, you're immediately like, all right, forget it. It's like with, uh, what's his face, Glenn Mason or whatever, you know? Even though he was like 100 times better than Tubby Smith in terms of like season success and whatever else, um, Tubby's probably just been average. But, um, yeah, it's sort of the same thing. We knew that we were getting nine wins a year, and we're like, ah, fuck that. We can do better. And it didn't work out. No, it didn't. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, exactly. All right, so um, anything else and go for hoops on your end there, Stuart? Nope, I'm just yeah, I'm just in the the malaise period. It's the Carter presidency of the Gophers uh, of basketball season. <laughs> yeah. So just malaise as far as the eye can see. So yeah, can, I know. There's like no actual even must win coming up either. Like there's some. It's all boring. It's boring and sad. It's just yeah, I I have nothing else to add, and I, nor does John. But I bet he he won't try. He will want to chime in on the next topic. Yeah, hopefully. Um. Yeah, and Wisconsin coming up is Wisconsin and Iowa coming up are the two most boring teams in the world too. So, uh, oh, yes. not only do I want them to win, but I don't. I don't even know if I'll watch it. I'm mean, honestly, they're both such shitty teams to watch. The aesthetics are just horrible, especially with Wisconsin. I mean, good God. Yeah, I referred to Wisconsin in last week's podcast as the ongoing basketball holocaust in Madison, and I think that's probably really, close to the sorry. truth. You're, you're oh. really sensitive to major historical problems but i mean it's just <laughs> yeah they're fun to watch no too gritty both those teams are just way too damn gritty for my tastes they're always boxing out they're slapping the floor uh no thanks i need a little bit of style with my basketball um you know who uh uh bugs the absolute shit out of me is the uh illinois coach what the hell is that guy's name john gross or the the guy is like the most uh He's got what? Sue's naming Illinois coaches from 1984. No, it's the current one. Uh, He's got the like emotional maturity of like 
eleven year old girl. The dude's like freaking out after oh, five minutes of the game. Yeah, so he's annoying. Sorry, Mike. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, who the hell? Who the hell knows? All right, so let's talk wolves. Um, there I'm, we go. I'm proud to report that the wolves have won recently. Um, they won a road. Game. They won a road game. You know what was pathetic is they were playing the Cavs, who are you know one of the top five worst teams in the league. They were eight point underdogs. Eight points. That seems actually fairly fair. When no, you look at, I mean, I yeah. mean, Cle- uh, Cleveland's average age is about sixteen and a half years old, but they were underdogs to those guys. I mean, it's I mean, it's that's going to happen when you lose guys. fifteen out of seventeen or whatever kind of run they were on. Oh God, I know. Um, talk about tough to watch. Um, Rubio is, I think, just the absolute savior right now because without him um, playing, I mean, he's playing a lot better uh, for the past few weeks or month. Without him, is there is there any reason whatsoever to watch the Timberwolves? No, there's absolutely no, no reason. There's no development going on whatsoever. That's the one thing about Adelman that's sort of a bummer is he still wants to play his guys. Um, Peck is great, but I don't care to see him play basketball. He's not fun to watch. Berea is, again, just very obnoxious and not fun either. And these other guys who are, like, fairly competitive – but boring. I mean, I don't need to see Dante Cunningham play. I'm not. Oh, I love on. watching Dante Cunningham play. Really? Just I can watch 19 foot jump shots all day. Oh, really? I don't know. There's something <laughs> about. Uh, I I think I formed that opinion at the start of the year when the question was, "Is Dante Cunningham going to play the four until Love comes back, or is Derek Williams going to play the four? Right. And as we've established, I hate Derek Williams pretty much. So I, think I know he's been you terrible. Do. So I know you do. Um, I still think you're being unfair to Derek Williams. Why? Because he's such a nice young man. Yeah, he's he hustles. Did you not listen to the first podcast, John? No, his I, purr is completely adequate. That's an adequate purr. <laughs> I, that's, that's true. I mean, that may be true, but here's the thing: I want him to be good. What? I'm not saying that I don't want him to be good ever. That I'm cheering against him, but I just don't think he has been very. good. What if I told you that throughout the season the Timberwolves had well, been this just a thirty for thirty, Brandon? What if I told you? That okay. throughout the season, uh, on E60, Derek Williams had been just the team had done just as well with Derek Williams on the floor than Dante Cunningham. Would that surprise you? I don't know if yes, it would surprise it me, but right. it might anger me. I guess it because anger, of my hatred of math. Oh, okay, fine. I don't know. I mean, I made that up. I have no idea if, more, if he's more <laughs> successful, but I'll I have no say, idea either. And I don't know. Some, what, and Williams has been playing better. You're right about that. But it's the curse of potential, man. That's what that's what gets us. Because I also dislike watching him, and I have no idea why. Even if he's just as effective, like from a points perspective, as Dante Cunningham, I choose Dante Cunningham just because he seems to be like maximizing maximizing his talent, which I get. But also, I think kind of sucks for guys who are talented and still trying to figure it out. Right. All this said, Cun- or not Cunningham. Willing Williams has started about the last three four games in a row, and. At this point of the season, there's no reason that Derek Williams shouldn't be starting every game and playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. No to. matter how bad he is, there's no other reason for anybody to watch. It's it's, it's not Rubio like the start. Of, it's not like the start of the year where there was some reason to try to punish him and try to make him better. And I'll bury him on the end of the bench, and he's got to learn. And right. now it's just you know, let's get him out there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Speaking of Rubio, I, I actually wrote down some Rubio stats because we were talking about how bad he was in PER numbers last last podcast. And the sense I got was that he's been playing better the last few games. So I looked at his February stats, and they're really not that awful really? when you look at him. He's the second leading scorer on the team, which is kind of surprising because you don't think of him as scoring very often. But he's been shooting better. He's 44% from the floor, which is not great for Ricky Rubio, for any guard. I would sign up for 44% for the next, like, three years for Ricky Rubio. I think you're going to have to because that might be a ceiling. But still... <laughs> 44% is not bad. He hasn't taken very many three-pointers this month. Seven games this month, he's taken four, but he made two of them. Ooh. Whereas earlier in the season, I think the ceiling would have been maybe minus two. Yeah. He would have killed the spectator well, didn't he take with one a brick. In the preseason and actually hit crunch and concussed him for like three games? <laughs> I think that's <laughs> fairly accurate. But it, it, I that mean, was Crunch's excuse when he got pulled over for a DUI. <laughs> didn't didn't <laughs> that one cr- there was one mascot from like 20 years, 15 years ago. That was pulled over for, like, a bunch of DUIs. If you were going to bet on a mascot to be pulled over for DUI, I think it'd be Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I take that back. It'd be Ragnar for sure. That guy's always operating at a blood alcohol level of, like, .12. He's probably got an exemption from the state. Probably. I, I think you'd just have to wave his shield and they'd be like, sir, where are you going? We will escort you. We love our football here. You go Vikings! You're off the hook, Ragnar. 
Anyway, back to Rubio. His, I mean, his minutes are up. He's up around 32 minutes a game now, so he's clearly off the off the minutes limit that they had him on. His assists are up. He's averaging nine assists a game this month. Yep. His turn. I mean, his turnovers are still. He's averaging three a game for there, so that's still pretty bad. Well, but. he had seven against the Cavs, which is amazing. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, in those seven, and maybe he's averaging one for the rest of the game. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. No, so, he he's, he's playing better. I think. I I think, as you said, it's one of the few things you can watch the Timberwolves for right now. He and Williams. And I think it's looking forward to when Love and Buddinger come back. Yeah, I mean, mid-March, then we start watching again, at least for that last month, just to see for next season. Um, you do want to see how Love comes back from the injury. I mean, you want to see, you know, he looks so, I mean, beyond the thumb, he looks look out of shape. Yeah, I'd like to see him shoot the ball so it looked like he wasn't wearing boxing gloves while he was doing it. Yeah, no, that's shit. Yeah. The ball was just, just not coming out of his hands awesome. very well. You know, the third quarter rolled around, he's like, God, I'm just beat. He doesn't hide it well either without that flushed no, he face he's got, you know? No, he doesn't. Yeah. It's another curse of being white. <laughs> Yet another. <laughs> that and the lack of vertical leaping ability. Yeah, yeah, there's that and the dancing. Um, the lack of rhythm. Yeah, all that. The love of hockey. Ugh, gross. Um, oh, gross. So, but I think it is going to be interesting come March because you look at the lineup that the Wolves were planning to roll out. I think most of us at the start of the year expected that by the end we'd be looking at a starting five of Rubio and, if we're optimists, Brandon Roy at playing shooting guard and then Kirilenko and Love and Pekovic. And as far as guys coming off the bench, I think you expected a few minutes from Berea, sort of a few minutes from Shred to see how he was going to play. Ridnour is sort of the backup point guard slash fill-in when Rubio couldn't go. And Seabud. And butting her on the wing and then swapping in whoever on the front line, whether it's Williams or Steamsmer or whoever, for a few minutes a game. And so, obviously, I don't. I think we probably believe at this point that Brandon Roy is never going to play in a Timberwolves jersey. Right. Because no, he's, he just doesn't. He's, uh, he's like completely now, isn't it? I, I, you, you hear about him every so often. They say he's going to practice today, and then he's going to practice tomorrow, and if he has a good practice, then he'll play on Saturday or whatever, and then he never plays because he has a setback, it's, it's which is going to happen. Yeah. He no setback, longer... so I send up, you know, something just awful. Yeah, then he goes off for a month to a fin- A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This medicine man who does a snow dance and then he sits in a sauna for a month or whatever and then he comes back ready to go i don't know what he does but he comes back and he's hopeful to go which is his right and i always hope he comes back but he never seems to so but uh, we have seen more shred than we expected to and how are we feeling about that how are we what do we feel about the alexi shred experiment right now i have to watch a game to let you know I, I i think he hit a wall not too long ago metaphorical no he didn't he's uh he's looked pretty brutal recently there was this but, great... I mean, he's super young and he's playing a lot more than they anticipated so i think that's almost to be expected at this point i saw a great interview with him that may have i'm not sure whether it was conducted in english or conducted in russian and then somebody translated it but somebody asked him about the differences between playing in russian and playing here and he said, oh, it's great. Here, if you miss five shots in a row, they say, if you're open, just keep taking those shots. And mm-hmm. So clearly somebody needs to talk to Alexi said and be like, listen, if you miss if five shots in a row. Shots takes you. Maybe go ahead and try <laughs> to create one for someone else. <laughs> no, Adam is huge on that. If you have an open shot and you don't take it, you're going to get pulled. That's a system. I mean, it's all movement and whatnot, so it makes sense to me. 
Although he has been taking them and he has been missing every single one recently. Yeah. I mean, when Buttinger comes back, I don't know who you're going to take minutes from besides him. There's nobody. I I don't expect. Uh, somebody will be hurt. Let's put it that way. Or hopefully we trade Ridnauer or Berea. Who would trade for Luke Ridnauer? I'm telling you, I heard that a couple teams wanted him. That doesn't that seem has, likely. That, has, I, that rumor has been owned. So. Yep. So we're looking at a second round pick or something like that? Or cash consideration? Addition by subtraction? Um, so really quick, I want to talk about two names to watch for the draft. Um, so kind of depends on how the rest of the season shakes out, but we'll probably have somewhere between like a 7 and a 12 seed, I'm guessing. Uh, I think we're ninth right now. We call that the Corey Brewer location. Yee. Ouch. Well, I think we got McCants at 14, so we're going to be somewhere between Brewer and McCants, I would, I would guess. Um, so the one that I, that I touched on a little bit last week was Victor Olapido from Indiana. Um, so I've been following him and wanting him on the Wolves for over a month, and then I've started to hear, like, other fans talking about him. So I just wanted to, like, for the record, let's just remind everybody that I was on this guy first. I think that's fair. Okay, good. You're the um, only person who's heard of him. He's my Outside guy. of Indiana. So he's a two-guard, uh, two or three, a wing, sort of a, known as a lockdown defender, similar to Avery Bradley, but probably a, lot, a little bit higher ceiling offensively. Maybe like an Aaron Aflalo type, something like that. But um, I would keep your eye on him and pick up, watch any Indiana games because we may be seeing him in a Wolves uniform. Can he shoot? He can shoot. Yes, he was I one think of those that's guys, what we're looking for. He's at similar this point. to Derek Williams that he wasn't super. That's uh, not what I wanted he, to hear. No, only I wanted that. to hear anything but that. <laughs> oh. Well, he's similar to Wayne Ellington. Oh God! No, here we go. He wasn't like highly touted out of high school, and he wasn't a great offensive player. He's more of a again a lockdown defender, but he's gotten a lot better offensively. So, so we're saying he's Trenton Hassel. He is. That would be. I'm hoping his floor. Trenton Hassel is his floor, possibly with an offensive skill thrown in. A flallow's the ceiling, the right. goal. I want. I want that guy. I think we could live with a lockdown defender. Second one I want to talk about that is, has potential is Otto Porter from Georgetown. Um, he's more of an alpha dog type, at least this year with um, with Georgetown, and he's been kicking ass um, all season, especially offensively. He's been hitting like 45% of his threes, 51 or 52% of his uh, field goals, so pretty good, especially when he has to be the man. Um, so he's like a bigger uh, uh, bigger player than Olapido. He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Um, so probably closer to a Nick Patum, potentially, in terms of uh, prospects. So he is shooting so much better than he did as a freshman year. That, again, might be similar to Derek Williams. Remember when Derek Williams like somehow shot like 60% from three? Yeah. And you're like, uh, that's great, but is that sustainable? So who knows with Porter, but he's definitely kind of in that uh, 8 to 15 draftable range. And You're I think saying he's from Syracuse? He's from Georgetown. Okay. <laughs> I don't want yeah, I don't want the Timberwolves to draft anybody from Syracuse ever again after Wes Johnson and Johnny Flynn. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a new Derek Coleman or a new Ronnie Cycli. Also Syracuse grads. Yeah, I know the Syracuse wow. grads. But I don't care who it is. I don't care if he's the consensus number one. I don't want any more Orangemen. Luckily, I don't think there's anybody that's potentially going to get drafted from Syracuse in that range this year. Good. So you can sleep well. <laughs> I will sleep well. Um, so there you go. Those are the two players this year or this week that I wanted you to keep your eyes on. Because I think they're probably going to have to draft a wing. I don't know why they would need a point guard uh, or anybody <laughs> in the <front laughs> you, court. you say that, but David Conn always needs a point guard. Yeah. They're like having a blanket to sleep with at night. Why do you need that blanket, David? You're a 52-year-old man. But the more point guards you can sure. accumulate, the better. We still ran out of point guards last year, even though we had all of them. So that's a <laughs> It's a fair point. Yeah, I guess. I guess maybe you go with the best player available sort of thing. That's fine. How has Ramon Sessions been in Milwaukee? Has anybody followed his career? After uh, we um, we signed him to the David Kahn well, special of the four-year, $16 million contract and then traded him after a I year to make he's been on like now? six or seven other teams. Really? Yeah. Who the hell he may be in that? Europe by now. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, we could get him back. No, I'm pretty, oh, sure, well. I'm pretty sure Sessions is available if you want him. All right. Um. So I have another – I want to transition to hockey. I always want to transition to hockey. But I don't want to talk about the sport, like what's going on in the NHL or college Ever? Right you now. never want to talk no, about that? No, no. I just – I need Clarence back so badly. Without him, I'm lost. So last week I had – Clarence, um, I'm calling your agent. We're going to get this work out, I promise. I had last week what I 
think of as a as just an incredible idea to help save the sport. I'm invested in saving the sport, um, the NHL specifically. All right. So even though you hate hockey, so I'm doing the Lord. No, again, I love hockey. Oh, all right. I hate the NHL. All right. So we're fixing the NHL specifically here. Specifically, the NHL um, is what I wanted to focus on today. Um, so last week I talked about in overtime taking sticks from the defenseman. Yes. Which I still think was a winner. Why even have the defenseman at that point? Um, well, they can still grapple. Because <laughs> that's what the NHL needs is more cutting and holding. You guys yeah, know yeah, I don't want to take fighting away at You guys know I'm into grappling. <laughs> I think we've established that. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so this week I want to go um, one further. So the way I think about um, improving the NHL is I'll watch some of the I'll watch a game, and I essentially think about like what did I watch that was awesome and I want more of, and what did I watch that sucked and I want less of. Like, it's simple as that, right? So I watched a little bit of the Wild game this past weekend. Um, I watched like two and a half minutes of the Wild game. So that's a lot for me. All right, that's a start. So we'll that's take that. more than the last three years in general. And um, there was a little bit of even strength that I watched, and they dumped it in and chased it and switched lines, and nothing really happened. And then some weird shit happened where... So it was all, a hockey game, is what you're saying. Yeah, the, so there was a hockey game going on yeah. while I was watching the Wild. Um, yeah. And then some weird shit happened somehow. I don't know how it ended up working out, but we immediately... Oh, my God, I, I did we drink... Hey, you love talking about we when it comes to the local teams. <laughs> the You're a Wild immediately, oh my God, was this? I think it was the Wild, got a five on three, right? And it was immediately the most like, exciting thing that I've seen in hockey in a long time, right? So there's so much strategy that kicks in at that point. Um, and we were just uh, like like an adrenaline rush while you're watching it because you you just know something's probably going to happen. And if nothing does happen, even that in itself is an adrenaline rush, right? If you if you kill a penalty. So yeah. so my idea is um more of that essentially. I want um I want more 5 on 3s to the point that I think I want hockey to always be 5 on 3. Right? So I want to <laughs> I want to consider hockey to take um uh, a a page out of the uh a page out of the curling or baseball book and we just have innings. Right, so, <laughs> so or the cricket book. Okay, I just want to get cricket in here. I mean, all right, yeah, good all right, for you. Good, you hear your quote. We mentioned cricket. So I'm you done. just have Headphone like a down. three. Yeah, see you, John. So you just have like a three-minute half inning where your team is on offense, five on three, and then the the bottom half of the inning is the other team is on five on three. So that's what it would be. Then then the first inning's over. So basically, you're saying let's not play hockey anymore. No, I think I love... Okay, here's the things that are good about hockey. Because um, there's, there's no strategy to the five-on-three. The, the strategy no, five-on-three is to gather all the players thing. in the zone and try to score. Oh, they got a give-and-go sort of thing, you know? I mean, would you like basketball better if it no, was five-on-three No, like you go from like left wing, back to the defense, over to the right wing quick for a one-timer. Like a like, little bit of strategy. A hell of a lot more than five-on-five. Five. When, when I played kid basketball, we'd always do this drill where it was always three-on-two one way or the other to practice fast breaks. Love it. <laughs> you would you support that for basketball? No, because in basketball there isn't a goalie hanging on the backboard that's like batting all the shots down, so it makes it just impossible to score in general. So right? Because there's a goalie, it makes it that five on five ends up being just a lot of dumping and a lot of like because won't if it's too always too much grappling. I I know you probably haven't watched a lot of indoor lacrosse, but <laughs> you are correct, sir. I, and I haven't either. I've only watched a couple of games, but. It's pretty much constantly a power play one way or the other because it's pretty much, I, I'm guessing, because it's impossible to steal the ball. Yep. Because you've got it cradled in your thing or whatever. We, did, we really have to get a lacrosse expert on this podcast to talk about this because I know nothing about lacrosse. But You probably know as much as the lacrosse expert does. Uh, effectively, it seems like, and this is indoor lacrosse we're talking about, the one they play over at the Excel Center. But effectively, it seems like you get the ball into the zone and then everybody just sort of stands around in the umbrella while the defense run around and kind of try to get in the shooting lanes. And that's a little bit what you're talking about. But I find that incredibly boring when it comes to lacrosse. I would. It's just, it's, it's a bunch of guys. It would be more exciting if it was up and down like basketball. But instead, it's just establish a zone, then two guys run on, two guys run off. And then they stand, then there's a shot clock. There's actually a shot clock because otherwise you just stand around forever until you got a perfect shot. I'm not even going to suggest any improvements to lacrosse because lacrosse sucks. Yeah, it's I, the worst ever. I'm not a particular fan of lacrosse. Don't get me wrong, but 
sexual assault histories. So yeah. <laughs> lacrosse. Can't I mean, talk about lacrosse anymore. No, you can't compare the two because hockey is played on ice. There's already a built-in like inherent challenge and more interest just in. But I'm saying, if you that. hate lacrosse, you're going to hate five on three hockey too. I loved five on three hockey. Yeah, but Shit you're going to hate it all the time. It was so exciting. The so reason the reason five on three hockey is exciting because it doesn't happen, and you should score. I would love that's, tr- that's true almost no other time. So if you kill a penalty five on three, that's a huge booster. Your I know it's so exciting. Imagine if you but got done with a three minute shift in the bo- in the top of the first inning and you gave up zero. <laughs> it would just dope as hell. I mean, then it would be like killing a killing a two man penalty would be like getting a guy to ground out in baseball. Everyone would just be like, "Hooray!" No way, man. It no, wouldn't be it like wouldn't baseball. Be. It, it wouldn't be exciting. It's exciting because of the there's rarity. adrenaline. There's actual adrenaline. So here's the thing. That, here's my problem with hockey. Yeah, but if it's adrenaline all the time, it stops being adrenaline. No, then it's no it longer doesn't. exciting anymore. What, what about football? What about football? Do they have eleven on nine power plays? I don't know about. No, I'm not saying that part of football. I'm saying the adrenaline part of football. That shit. Some of the stuff that's the most exciting part of football doesn't get old. Throwing a deep pass doesn't get old. Even if a team does it more often, you don't go ugh. Seen it. It's like an amazing athletic thing to watch. It's so incredible. Would you like f- football more if it was seven on seven flag football and everybody went deep every play? Uh, let's not get into that, but yeah, probably. You want hockey to be like a Jason Statham movie all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. There's one guy who's skating around with a bomb, and if anybody hits him, it explodes and they both die. All right, your idea is better than my idea. I give up. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm with Brandon on this. Uh, I, the question I have when we're talking about ideas that actually have I love, by a the non-zero way, chance of being implemented. It is, but your problem is, your argument against it is, it would be so exciting that it would become boring. That it would stop being What exciting. an amazing problem to have. It would be it immediately boring. It would be just as boring as Dude, you think hockey is now. fucking awesome. Have you not watched a game that like okay. like a, hockey, a high school or college where there's just a million penalties back and forth? It's insane. Five on four, four right. on four, five on three. Bring it on, man. That's the fun shit. All right, right let me Brandon, ask you this. Brandon is talking. Why don't you just say thank you, John? Just say thank <laughs> you. Let me ask you this. You're you, welcome, Batman. You, you love baseball. Yep. Do you prefer 13 to 11 games, or do you prefer Verlander and Halliday duking it out and it's one nothing? Mm, kind of depends. Kind of depends on what? Well, if they are duking it out in terms of like throwing amazing pitches that are they're striking a ton of dudes out that's exciting right but if, i just don't like a game full of the not again the non-exciting stuff i want less of in baseball which is like weak ground outs and pop outs or whatever else so what right? if i told you we were going to have the batting practice coaches throw instead of pitching from now on there's going to be more home runs everybody loves home runs how do those get old no that's seven korea and chance, John. what's exciting triples triples are exciting there'll be more triples if batting practice pitchers throw dude if you could figure out a way to get more triples in baseball i'm all over it <laughs> i love that Remember yeah. when that was the thing? Whenever when they were building new parks and stuff, it was like the triple's the most exciting play in baseball. Yeah. Let's build the fences four hundred and ninety-two feet from the plate. Yeah, this pretty much explains all of the design of Petco Park in San Diego. That did that does suck, and it's just and it would explain the design of Coors Field, except that that's just because the ball can't be held in the park there. But what I I'm would saying be is, fine with that. You would be fine with every game finishing fourteen to twelve, and there's a bunch of home runs, and hey, there's a catch at the fence sometimes because the ball's flying out. But effectively, I don't think home, home runs, runs are necessarily like an adrenaline thing. That's with hockey. The most exciting part has to be the adrenaline because there isn't enough strategy for you to pay attention for that. Right? There's not play calls like in basketball where you can really understand that sort of aspect and get into it. Hockey needs adrenaline for it to survive. But I That's think, why people like fighting, I'm guessing. I think the unexpectedness of the un- adrenaline is exciting about hockey. Like, all of a sudden, your team's got a two-on-one. The opposing team's defenseman tries to pinch in at the blue line. The puck gets past him, and you got a two-on-one going the other way. That's so what's exciting about you hockey. you like when there's odd man rushes. I like the game, I like the game as currently constituted. If you like odd man rushes, boy, do I have but the idea But there won't be odd man rushes. <laughs> there, aren't, there aren't odd man rushes on the five-on-three. There just aren't. Sure. There's five guys sitting around in an umbrella with three defenders trying to keep the passing lanes closed in the middle. But it's not up and down. It's just everybody in one zone. And then the team that has three maybe clears it, and so they skate back, and there's a line change, and then they come down and establish the zone again. There's no back and forth at all. It's a hell of a lot better than five on five. It's unequivocally not, and this idea is the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Stu, can you be the arbiter here? Who wins? Uh, yeah. Um, you have more of a Statham-esque quality to your argument. You win. Thanks. 
All right. So, I quit this podcast until Clarence comes back, too. All right. So two podcasts down, two members <laughs> have left. And then, there was, is and then there was Stu. Now I have to like make fun of outstate <laughs> Minnesota, and then he's going to be gone, too. <laughs> this podcast is going to well, be down I, I nothing. I will agree but... with every assessment of outstate Minnesota you make, so don't worry about that. Oh, that's true. All right. So maybe the fi- – okay. So the reason I thought you were going to say that the five-on-three sucked is because – it really changes the idea of the goalie when you're the, the team with five men. You'd have to have some weird hybrid goalie, right? Because you wouldn't need a guy just sitting back at the net because it's a, you know, it's five on three. They're not going to be coming back on offense very often. So you'd have to have some weird, you know, some weird sixth defenseman who hangs out at the red line that has a little bit more padding on than everything else. I think that would be like the funniest shit in the world to see <laughs> teams try to figure out, like, do we have a goalie? Do we not have a goalie? Do we have them, like, hanging out on the side of the boards and you can switch up when they... For some Man, reason, this sounds like indoor to soccer me. to me. I don't know why, but like, <laughs> listen, major indoor soccer league from 1989. Again, you think about what's exciting about hockey, and it's the speed, and it's the passing. And, and so you want to have no speed and just have everybody stand around I still think the there zone. would be some of that. Okay, so it's more of the passing. and I So see we're taking of, all speed out of the game. No, I don't think you'd take all speed out of the you game. You would take all speed out of the game. Everybody's just standing still. When I was watching that five-on-three, the one that I've seen in the past four years, there was a lot of movement. There was... <laughs> Uh, on the bright side, you just resurrected <laughs> Al McInnes' career. He's still got a hard slap shot, even though he's 62 years old, and now he doesn't have to skate ever. You that, can just plant him on the blue line and let him fire away with the howitzer. God, it sounds so fun. <laughs> we, need to, we need to pilot this. Let's get Clarence on his four-year-old team to pilot just the five-on-three back and forth. I can't wait till Clarence gets back and we can actually have a discussion about possible rule changes. Oh, God, hockey innings. He's going to murder me. He, is, he, he would have killed you by now. This is, this Thankfully, is the, he's not here. He would have taken his hand. Innings. There would be a fight going on. Well, why do you think I brought room? it up today? <laughs> that was good planning on your part. All right, thanks. All right, I'll be, I'll be done with my, my, with my idea. More with to your come. terrible idea. With my amazing adrenaline-filled statham the worst ass. idea I've ever heard. Oh, the excitement. All right. Um, last bit of actual news. Um, apparently, they are canceling wrestling in the Olympics. Yes, and but it, but it's not for like eight years. Uh, Is that I right? think that's right. I think the 2020 Olympics it got dropped from. So and they're not. They're, they're actually they're in a competition with other sports to get into the Olympics. Which means that they're they're out, right? Yeah, you don't pull yeah. something out like out. sometimes we pull my job sometimes we pull an agency off a piece of work and go well we're gonna do it next year though you can be part of it if you you know if you can pitch on this if you want to and they're like get the fuck out of here we're not gonna we don't get the business anymore we get it just tell us that i believe one of the sports they're competing with is baseball slash softball to get that back into the olympics because that's out now okay all right so a uh, hybrid no (laughs) one of each if they want to do a hybrid of baseball slash softball i hope they know to come to me for ideas i think they probably will Brandon will want 14 on 5 softball at all times. Only three players bat, keg behind second base. Actually, I would watch this. You, yeah. The more I think about it, the yep. more I would watch this. Yeah, exactly. See, all you you inherently went to what do I like and I want more of. <laughs> more of the good guys batting. More of guys more drunk beer. behind second base. Anyway, wrestling is canceled. And you're okay with this or not okay I with don't this? Th- I don't know that anybody. I didn't see anybody who thought this was a good move. I think most people were confused because... Apparently what they did is they got together and had some shady vote about what are the 25 core sports in the Olympics. I would watch it before calling anything involved with the Olympics shady, yeah. John. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just baseless. But I, I don't quite understand it because it's not, like there's, it's not like there's another wrestling competition that's equally prestigious. I mean, what's, what's the, if there's no Olympic gold medal, what's the highest prize you can win in wrestling? Um, I would the say the NCAA championship. You graduate with functioning ears. <laughs> that doesn't happen for anybody. As far as <laughs> I think. I mean, is it just is it just training the future MMA fighters of tomorrow then? Because it it doesn't make any sense to me, and it doesn't make any sense that modern path, modern modern pentathlon, which was the one everybody expected to be dropped, has stayed in the Olympics. Because I, I I think I There's had to look up what bribe was greater than the wrestling bribe. Pretty much all you can figure. Yeah, that has to be that's got to be the reason. I looked up what modern Fair pentathlon team, yeah. is, and because I didn't know, and because nobody knows, and you got to tell me what sounds modern about this. Because here's the five events that are in the modern pe- pentathlon: pistol shooting, fencing, the 200 meter free- freestyle swim. I don't know why 200 meters. Show jumping. That's right. Show jumping. What did you say? Show. Show jumping. Show jumping. Show jumping. Show jumping. <laughs> That's horse jumping. That's whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> whatever the Mitt Romney's horse was named, Ralph Alka or whatever. That's that sport. And then a three-kilometer cross-country run. And so what that's basically just describe committing a crime and getting away with it. <laughs> that's pretty that's much what it. That's the modern pentathlon. The modern pentathlon. Swim and you run and you jump until you're okay. It's the terrorist training camp so, of yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds really awful. And <laughs> I, I don't know what it proves. I, I think the decathlon is the one that's supposed to crown the greatest athlete in the world, right? I guess. And I don't know what this would crown. The greatest soldier in an 18th century war yeah. in the world? And so the basis can't be popularity. There's no way in hell anybody cares or does that There's thing. probably one <laughs> Eastern European country that absolutely loves the modern pentathlon. How do you even get into the modern? Do you just like, are you, did you win a contest when you get to the Olympics and they say, hey, you're allowed to be a pentathlon Maybe Olympiad? maybe there's like a pistol shooting event and suddenly you're late and your car has to be parked way over. So you sprint over there and you win the event even though you just sprinted a while. And they're like, you know, I bet we could make a fencer You've out of you. have got a pretty incredible sport for you. How do you feel about horses, son? How do you feel about jumping those horses? Anyway, so modern pentathlon is still one of the 25 Olympic course sports. Whereas I, I believe golf is also in next time. Why golf needs to be in the Olympics, nobody has any idea. That's, Yeah. Get rid of the ones where people don't give a shit about, right? I th- I, I think because I know something more important. Yeah, I think I know about. the reason, and I, I actually looked this up too. The reason that something like golf is in because it's going to televise well. And you look at the numbers from the last Olympics. Um, tennis is another great example of a sport where winning an Olympic gold medal is not that big of a deal. Obviously, you want to win the gold medal, but. Sure. It's like an extra Grand Slam in the Olympic year. There's four Grand Slams, and then there's the Olympics. whoop de doo But you look at the television ratings, and obviously the Olympics ratings are going to be higher anyway. Sure. But the 2012 Olympic finals, the women's final drew 7.9 million, ma- 7.9 million viewers. The men's final drew 8.2. Ha <laughs> ha. Gotcha again, ladies. The, the men's final was a rematch of the Grand Slam that was like a month before. It drew double the rating of that. It was the highest rating in Amer- This is American ratings. It was the highest rated event, tennis event, for the women since the 2001 U.S. Open, for the men since the 2002 U.S. Open. And that's your reason right there is because they think people will watch golf and the other ones coming in is rugby sevens. That still doesn't explain why the pentathlon still That around. doesn't explain anything about the pentathlon, and I think Stu's right that it's just bribe-based because that's the only possible explanation. But wrestling probably doesn't televise that well. I don't know that the TV ratings for wrestling are that good. I'm not going to watch wrestling. I probably wouldn't either, but it makes sense as an Olympic sport. Sure. It's one of the sports that you... It is an Olympic sport. And now all of a sudden it's not for some reason that I can't quite fathom. Money. Yeah, I guess I'm not the best person to speak with because I'm not going to watch any Olympic sport ever. You're not going to watch any of the Olympics? No. Not the 100-meter final? Maybe that, yeah. Everybody watches the 100-meter final. Yeah, but I don't even know when it's on. I'll probably just catch it on In the U- summer. Oh, all right. There's I'll, another I'll one probably, in 2016. I'll probably be around this summer. But, you know, I say that. Oh, I won't watch any of that. But you'll watch the basketball because you love basketball. You're a basketball junkie. Yeah. And there's no international competition except the Olympics. And there's I no mean, there's the world championships, but nobody cares about that except for a few Argentinians. Yeah. Maybe I some Brazilians. So. That's about it, though. But the Olympics Oscar is... In terms of international competition, the Olympics, at least right now, is the premier international competition. I think the FIBA or whatever it's called is talking about trying to get a World Cup of basketball going, but mm. I don't know whether that'll end up being like a soccer World Cup or it'll end up being like a baseball World Cup. What a Cup. dumb idea. Why would you? I I don't know. I mean, I love international competition, but you already got the Olympics. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, sure. You don't. You hate the Olympics. Yeah, and international people. So you're telling me you're not going to watch Olympic hockey unless it's five on three. No, exactly. The one good thing, the one thing that international hockey does have going is that they play on the larger ice surface, which, when it comes to NHLers, is actually a really good thing. It's a little you more need space. Need to have strategy or adrenaline to keep my interest, and it has a tiny bit of both. You need to have you need to have a lot of one of them. That's why football is the best. It's got both. Baseball has got strategy, basketball has got adrenaline, and some strategy. Hockey has none of it. I think we're gonna have to tape you down like Clockwork Orange style. And I'm just going to sit in front of the NHL network for a week until you love hockey. You know how many awesome ideas I'll come up with to to, to save that sport if you get me. <laughs> and I'll be standing NHL there network. with like an iron bar that every time you suggest one of these ideas, I'll hit you. 
and will sort of negatively condition this out of you. Listen, Stu and I are on board with my ideas. You're going to get two new viewers to the NHL. Clarence, where have you gone? I need you. Oh, boy. All right, I'm out of, t- I'm out of stuff to say. Stu, what else What else you got? I got to remember, I did no prep for this one. So <laughs> I'm just for interjecting this weekend. This week. Sorry, I got nothing. Okay, well, you can lead the next one. And That's speak. the fight's going to be on pretty soon, I think, though, so. You know, Stu, um, I'm back in. I'm on season two. Real, oh, isn't it great? It is really good, yeah. The body count was, was uh, a little too high at the very beginning, and it turned me off. But um, I'm back, baby. I think it's because I ran out of other stuff to watch. I've seen every other TV show in history. So now uh, I'm back okay, in the well, ones yeah. that I give Mags up Mags Bennett is a villain for the ages. Just You'll have to trust me on that. I Why'd will. you give up on Justified in the first place? Stu thinks it's awesome. Too many deaths. Too many deaths? Yeah. The, what about like, the adrenaline? There was no. There's. It's got to be earned. <laughs> there's. Uh, yeah. The it has to be earned adrenaline. The adrenaline in the shootout. The worst. See. There's no basis of you know. Now we're talking about the shootout. No, I don't want to get back into it. Let's just be done. All right. Next week we're going to talk about nothing but the shootout. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um. All right. Let's wrap this up. Stu, nice hearing from you, buddy. Yep. Nice hearing from you guys. We'll see you soon. When all right. Excellent. See you. Bye. Made up the whole thing Failed when he tried To cash in on his cautious new fame Always the numbers But never the name
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.